Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody out there uh, in quarantine. Welcome to another episode of Broadway Breakdown, uh, my obsession. I am one half of your hosts, Matt Koplick, uh, your other host, John Miscavige, and I got into a fight. It was very dramatic, very brutal, but it was from miles and miles away because we are doing social distancing. Uh, with me, though, today is one of the wonderful cast members of Hades Town, Mr. John Krause. Hello, John. Hello. Thanks Did I say having... your last name correctly? Yeah, Kraus. Kraus, fantastic. People, it looks similar. I mean, it looks easy enough for me to digest, but that's because it's been my thing. It's been my last name forever. But I get Cruz, I get Kraus, but Kraus, that was perfect. Fantastic. Thank you. And I, I know exactly what it's like to have your last name get royally butchered. Coplic yeah. is not, does not roll off the tongue for some people. Right, right. <laughs> um, welcome to the pod, John. Uh, how are you doing today? Doing well, you know, all things considered. It's uh, it's a beautiful day here in Southern California. Uh, That's right, in California. Spat, yeah, we just got over a spat of a uh, few days of rain. But it's like, it, Molly and I, my wife, have been remarking on how clear it is. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's all these pictures from, you know, like the canals in Venice, which, I don't know, there's also like, I don't know if that's true if there's actually dolphins there. There's some like misreporting there maybe. Yeah. But it really is like, you know, like, the world is getting a little cleaner, it feels like. And mm-hmm. I can say for, like, I can attest that there's always a layer of smog in LA and I feel like it's all but dissipated with all the, like, the, the traffic that's not there anymore and, like, less air travel and everything. Mm-hmm. And I can see the mountains from my window and it's like, I see them in HD. It's like, I can see all the little rivets and the, 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 the valleys. It's just so bizarre. Yeah, are, you fr- are you from LA originally? I am. I grew up here. Oh, fantastic. I didn't know, I don't know many people who, who did that. Well, except for your no, wife. I that we were, that Molly and I are unicorns. They're like, whoa, you were born and raised there and you live there. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with me in New York. I have, you know, my New York friends and I, we all grew up here and people are like, oh, you're such unicorns. I'm like, I can name you a dozen people who grew up here and still live here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, LA is a weird town I find because you guys need water and like rain so much. And yet when right. it does rain, like your city's not really designed for it. It's I like know. Every, it's no like one knows how to drive in the rain. It's no. so true. Everyone's like, 
either going too fast or too slow. Mm -hmm. Either they're like trying to get out of it or they're like, let's be very cautious, 10 and two. And uh, I don't know, I feel like I, I feel like I know how to drive in it now that that I've lived here, but maybe I'm a terrible driver and I just don't know. Well, have you driven in New York City now? I have, but I don't have a car there, but I've like rented a car to go, you know, upstate or Mm. go to Connecticut or something. What was the, what was the biggest social change for you going from LA to New York? So I, I kind of went, you know, I went, I went to school in Boston. Um, so that. Wait, shit, where'd you go? I went to Boston Conservatory. Oh, I mm-hmm. went to Emerson. Okay. No way. Yes, I did. I was deciding between both schools. Did you graduate 2012? I did indeed. Wow. We were there so, for four years. Yeah. You chose right of the two of us because of the two people on this pod, guys, one of us is in Town. <laughs> just Um, saying of the two of us who has their own podcast that is true that is true i do have that on you so thank you you you're welcome (laughs) Um, so i think i think transitioning from la which is all spread out and um being near the beach and um you know everything's drivable but you have kind of your own space and then being in like a big city where there's a lot of college kids and there's a, a a subway line that's not obviously as extensive as New York is, but that's how I would mainly get around because I didn't have a car there either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of got like, I dipped my toe into the, the city transit lifestyle in Boston. Um, but yeah, the biggest, I think, culture shock was just the amount of people, the sheer amount of like, I'm a very, I think as artists and as, um, as actors more specifically, we're just so fascinated by people. And to be, to be walking down the street in New York and seeing hundreds of people and being like what's your life what's your life like where are you going what's up like that's what I would always think when I was on the freeway driving Mm. like where are they going to what do they do for work you know Mm -hmm. and I'm just seeing all these people on the street in New York I'm like what how are we all here what are we all doing but in New York if you go up to people and ask them that they're like get the fuck out of my way you're scaring me you're scaring yeah yeah Yeah, exactly how did Hades Town come about for you um so I was actually, you know, I, this is my Broadway debut. Well, that's kind of another weird question mark spot. I, I vacation swung at Fun Home. Um, oh. It was amazing. But I did, it was three weeks of my life. And it was in a year where I had maybe five, I think seven weeks of employment in, as an actor. And three mm-hmm. of them were fun home. in the Tony Award winning musical. Yeah. Did you, so wait, did you get to go on? No. So it was literally like, you know, it's such a small cast and the guy mm-hmm. who played Roy uh, or, and others, um, Joel Perez, he was just taking his first vacation. And so the understudy played him for the week. It was just one week. Mm-hmm. And I, rehearsed the sh- I rehearsed the part for two weeks and sat backstage for a week. Um, but I had like a little insert in the playbill and I kept them and I got it signed by everyone. And like, it was a great moment for me, but it was three weeks in an otherwise pretty unemployed year. Yeah. Which is a very strange, you know, just actor thing. Um, and the other thing I did that year was like a reading, but that was only two mm-hmm. or three. So that was, so Fun Home then was technically your first Broadway show, but Hades Town is your actual debut. It's my debut. It was my onstage debut. It was my first Broadway bow, you know, like those mm-hmm. big things. And I still like at the Gypsy, uh, at, oh. that, uh, at the Legacy Robe. Mm-hmm. Uh, ceremony i was you know when they have all the debuts come center and take pictures i was a part of that because it was yeah um and that was just like through through your agent or whatever like went in and got the part or was there like a connection to it in any way beforehand 
for Fun Home or for Hades Town? For Hades Town. For Hades Town. So Hades Town was I was in LA. I just come off of tour um, with Wicked, and I was kind You're of. You're just like listening to all the things I love right now. Fun Home, Wicked. Wait, next time, next thing you're gonna tell me is that you did Smile somewhere in California, and I will like love you forever. Smile. What Smile? What is Smile? Mo- so your sorry. wife Molly McCook should know Smile because A was a stage door manner staple. Oh, also guys, I know John's <laughs> wife. Um, <laughs> I know John's wife. Uh, it was a staple at stage door, and I'm pretty sure I had told her once in her life that she needed to play the girl who sings Disneyland. The song Disneyland is from Smile. Okay, um, I heard that song. But so Hades Town uh, well, finished Wicked sure. Tour. I was in LA, and I I saw when I was on tour, I saw that they'd done that off-Broadway production mm-hmm. and I had listened to that album. I had been a fan of Anais's music since 2012 when I was on my first tour ever and I was listening to Spotify had just become a thing and I was listening to Bon Iver a lot and I was he was also becoming very big in 2012 and Bon Iver whose real name is Justin Vernon sang the Hades Town I mean sang the Orpheus part on the Hades Town concept album yes. back in 2010. So I it said like if you like Justin Vernon you may also like mm-hmm. Anais Mitchell. So I listened to her music, fell in love with her lyricism, her just her music and her poetry, and and I listened to that album. I was like, this could be a musical, but like, is you know they're turning big jukebox things into musicals. Will they take this kind of you know indie artist? Mm-hmm. Will this ever happen? And then I heard the rumblings, you know, throughout the years, and then I saw that it got a production. And I was like, I told my agents, if there's anything I can do to be in this show, like please, 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 please. And uh, I was in LA, and they sent me. They said, you can't put yourself on tape because the first thing is a dance call. And I said, okay, I'm never going to be in the show. <laughs> because if they're looking for dance, like to do a dance call first, that means mm-hmm. like, this is going to be heavily like a dance show, at least for the ensemble. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew that the parts, the leads were already cast. So, but I was like, okay, I'll go in. Like, I'll do it. I flew out and I went in and I made it through the first round of cuts and I had a call back the next day. And then they were like, we're going to cast this next week. Like, we're going to be done casting. So I had a callback the next day, and then I had another callback the next week. And I was staying with I – I had an apartment there, but I had a subletter, so I was staying, like, mm-hmm. on the couch. And um, I just stayed there for, like, a week and a half. And at the end of it, they're like, okay, it was, like, around Christmas. They're like, we're all going on Christmas break. This is going to be cast by the 22nd. And it was, like, December, like, 16th or something at the time. And I flew back to LA and was home for the holidays and nothing happened. And I was like, okay, I guess that ship sailed. And then I got a call January 6th to come back in because there's there, it's just such a difficult show to have for coverage because there's so mm-hmm. many different parts. And uh, I w- at one point I was auditioning for just the standby of Orpheus. Then I was auditioning for the swing. And then I was auditioning for eventually my part, which is ensemble slash understudy Orpheus. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that last call, I went, I flew back to New York and I got it. That is awesome. For a second, when I thought you were going to say January 6th, they called to tell you, I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it was a, it was a theater people, December 22nd. Like yeah, right, that's right. a loose December 22nd. Yeah. Very loose. It's not like film where you're panned and then you're in costume and wardrobe the next yeah. day. What is one of the biggest moments in your time with Town so far that like, if you were to look back and be like, that's the defining moment of my time in the show so far. Wow. Um, I ask big questions. It's really deep. Mm. I do. I just have to say it was um, the whole Tony experience. Mm. Um, Because I grew up watching it. Even before I was like super in love with theater, we would watch the Tony Awards because my parents would take me to theater 
here and there um, growing up, like when I was like eight, nine, 10. And I loved it, but it wasn't like, I want to do that. I didn't have that experience of like watching it, you know, and like falling in love immediately. I loved it, but I wasn't drawn to it in the way it was until I actually did it. Yeah. So uh, I'd say, but I was always like, I want to do, I want to perform on the Tony someday. I really hope I get that opportunity because there's some people who like, you know, get their Broadway show or whatever. And it's either they don't get to go to the Tonys or they, they get a show that's already been, you know, and mm-hmm. the fact that I hit that milestone, um, and the day was, it was pretty surreal, but you know, you wake up at 5am to get there at 6am to do this like dry run. Mm-hmm. And then you do your show, an actual matinee. Then I remember like taking a quick nap and getting on a bus and going and doing this live show. And in the opening number um, that we all got to be a part of too. So it wasn't just our like Hades town little sh- production right. number. We all got to, you know, everyone got the opening bit as well. Yeah. Of, yeah. With James Corden and uh, one of our fates, like, opened her fan and it flew out in the live telecast over James Corden. And I knew we were in the beginning of the number and I knew there was so many people coming back and forth and like turns and lifts and leaps. And I was like, if someone trips on this thing in live TV, what's going to, and so it was right in front of me and I ran three steps, grabbed it mm-hmm. and ran off stage. And you can catch it in the telecast view. Well, now I will do so. Not that I need <laughs> an excuse to go onto YouTube and watch Tony Awards clips, but now yeah. I, I actually have one. Really, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. You're a Coolidge dollar. Moving along to the real meat of this episode. Wow. The meat and potatoes. John has an obsession. What is your obsession today, John? Guys, I can't stop thinking about cats. The movie. The movie. Yes. Um, Be specific. The movie. The movie. So were you exposed to Cats, the show, before you had seen the movie? You know, I've never seen the show. So let's just, let's say that. There's a little Mm -hmm. asterisk here that's like, I have nothing to compare it to. Other than I've seen a few clips. Like I've seen the real magical Mr. Mistopheles. I've Mm -hmm. seen Mr. Mistopheles, the one that's really bad. That like, have you seen that? No. It's like from a community theater production and it's just, you know. That is, I will look that up as well. I've got a lot of YouTubing to do after this episode. You have to, absolutely. Um, And I've, you know, I've heard some, I've heard the Jellicle song. Mm -hmm. I thought it would, I was like, oh, some of these songs will finally make sense. Mm -hmm. I see this movie. (laughs) And just more question marks. Oh, yeah. So, okay. When did you first see the movie? When it came out? No, so I, I wanted to see it and I wanted to see it in theaters, but I didn't see it until this quarantine. Oh, okay. They released it to, for digital release and I was mm-hmm. like, let's, and you could only buy it. And I was like, we're buying it. So how many times have you seen it now since you first saw that one or it's just like just the once and it's burned in your brain? I, it's burned in my brain. I watched part of it again, just to like re mm-hmm. up, you know, for this podcast. Mm-hmm. But I was so enamored the entire time because I'd heard all of the terrible things said about it and part of me, and I know this isn't a popular opinion, but I'm like, is it kind of brilliant? Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. (laughs) No, 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 it is bad. It is objectively terrible, but the commitment from all of the actors, that's what I'm like. And the dancers, it's so like, how do you make sense of that's what makes a Gumby cat? You're like, how do you make sense of it? And I was like, oh, he has an intention. He has, there's something going on and he's thinking, he's... Like, yeah, okay, no, no, no. Yes and no, yes and no. 
on paper, I'm like, absolutely, John. And also, like, clearly she had she got her BFA. She knows all right. about intention and character development and all that bullshit. And yes, <laughs> I'm you. all Thank for you. that. Thank you. Cats is a different alien. And I will get into that with you as well. There's also, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the YouTube channel of Lindsay Ellis. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, she's like a film girl slash theater girl. Mm-hmm. She does all these like video essays. Um, she's done a bunch on movie musicals. And two of my personal favorites are she like gets progressively drunker as she talks about the fandom of the opera movie. Mm-hmm. And then like eviscerates the Beauty and the Beast remake, which like I'm glad someone did. Um, <laughs> she does one about cats. And it's, okay. it's both about like why the show is weird, but also kind of works and why the movie doesn't really work. Like the movie works in the way you say. And like- right. You watch it and you're like, huh? But it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't actually work work. Um, right. What is a moment that sticks out to you about the film when we like just talk about it at this very moment? Yeah, I kept wanting, like I kept wanting answers. I kept want questions kept happening. It felt like Lost. Did you ever watch Lost? No, but I am currently watching Grey's Anatomy. So I, I feel you on those ABC dramas. Sure, thank you. Um, I feel like <laughs> Lost was like, Lost was amazing at, at it kind of, setting up questions and then giving you a taste of the answer, but you always want more. You're like, where are these polar bears from? What's the smoke monster? I feel like that, that will make sense if you ever watch Lost. But I feel like that's how I felt during cast. I was like, okay, the answers are coming. Mm-hmm. And that's what kept me interested. I was like, oh, it'll, get, it'll get there. Like the magic will be explained. McCavity being able to like appear and like put people on a ship, that'll all come together. And it didn't. So no. That, no. that's the first part that I'm like, at the end I was like, wait, okay. So still so many more question marks. The first moment, I mean, when they were like, I kept trying to find the answers as I was going. I was like, okay, the jellical thing, they're, they're introducing themselves. They're like, we're the jellical things and jellical cats and this is who we are. And they're like showing her around and like, come with us. And then at the end of the song, they're like, we're scared, bye. And you're like, wait, there was 10 minutes of storytelling in this crazy ass song and then it's all done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting so frustrated. So I also wrote so many things down as I was watching it last night. So, okay. Okay. Let's do a little background for a quick second. Yes. For those of you who don't know, and if you don't know cats or like of cats, you're really listening to the wrong podcast. Yeah. Why are you even here? I mean, it's honestly, it's probably like your LA friends from high school who like, I don't know, the one right. time you did sports, they're, they're listening to this podcast. That's, right. I don't know. I don't, I'm projecting a lot onto you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Cats is a musical written by Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber based off of a book of book of poems of old possum, something like that, by T.S. Eliot. Right. And it's virtually plotless. The musical ran forever. Um, but I had seen the musical when it was on Broadway. So like I actually, so I have history with Cats, unlike... Sure. Unlike John There's a reason it ran for years. Yeah, well, so, yes. Yes, there is a reason. It's not the best reason, but there's a reason. Um, I, I actually do enjoy a lot of the music in Cats. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was very into it when I was a kid, and there was a certain sense of wonder and magic about the show. I was obsessed with the VHS growing up, because there was a, mo- a movie of the stage show, which is what right. you were referring to earlier. Yes. Um, yeah, when you said, like, the good Mr. Mistopheles. Um, right. Yeah. And then I saw it right before it closed on Broadway. And I got to tell you, like, I love me some Wicked. I love me some Harry Potter. 
I have never seen spectacle like the original Cats in my entire mm. life. Like that, in, that theater was gutted and like designed to look like a, a junkyard and everything was right. detailed and elaborate. And when Grizabella goes to the heavy side layer, I remember, so they floated up on a tire, a giant tire, and then went out over the audience. And then the fucking ceiling of the theater split open and a giant claw came out and she went up into the ceiling and I, 10 year old me fell out of my fucking chair. Wow. wow. Yeah. So like, it's the, it was that, that sense of just theatricality and wonder. Sure. Um, the movie, Tom Hooper, the director decided to just like, all these questions, all these like internet questions about Cats the Stage Show, he's like, we'll answer them in the movie. And thus, as you said, like provided even more questions. Right. So he's like, why is everyone hating Grizabella? And in the movie, it's like, oh, well, she went off with McCavity. I'm like, but what happened right. there right. then? Like, like the prostitute question? Yeah. Really? She's like kind of the prostitute cat, but like then. She's in the finer things, who knows? Yeah. And in the stage show, McCavity's like always hinted at, but never really seen until act two when he kidnapped right. Deuteronomy. In the movie, Idris Elba, because he's a celebrity, pops up every like 10 minutes just to be like, right. Hey. Yeah, Maca- my honestly, one of my favorite moments in the entire movie is when he kidnaps Ian McKellen, and as Ian McKellen disappears, you hear an echo of Makavati. It's like it's it's like trails away. Makavati. The mic. Yeah, absolutely Production value on this podcast is second to none. Oh yeah. Um, also, guys, it, no judgment on any audio quality you hear. I am doing my very first episode with Zoom today, and John has been a wonderful guinea pig so far. Um, which also means that if something fucks up audio wise and we end up having to re-record, you can't be mad at me, John. (laughs) Okay. You're not allowed to be mad. Can't be mad. Okay. Can't be mad at Matt. Um, okay. So you mentioned, I want to go, we're going to go into this bit by bit. Yeah. Because as I said, I wrote notes. The opening scene, first of all, when I first saw this movie, the moment it started, I turned to my friend and I said, oh, this is wrong. Like the opening <laughs> shot, I said, this is wrong. Like I the just... throwing of the cats in the bag, like yeah. who, I mean, violent, but who does but, that? Well, then I have questions. I was like, why? Like if it was like a really violent cat or diseased cat, right. maybe, but she opens the cat and it's beautiful little white Victoria. Yeah. And I'm like, what did, and now I have more questions. Like what did Victoria do? Yeah. What did she do? What did she do or like what happened with her owner to make her owner like dis- dispose of her in such a brutal way? Just, brutal, just like, you know, like a, a quick toss. Yeah, like a big toss in a bag. This is all during the overture, by the way. Um, and like all the cats are like circling around the bag with a cat in it and they open it up and she comes out and she's also a cat and they look at her like they've never seen a cat before. Right, right. They're like, what's this thing? Yeah. And I guess you could say if you want to be like, defending the movie which i don't know how you stand there should on be a fair amount of i think we should have you know a little sure back. yeah no i'm happy to like defend it in some ways as well yes you could argue that they're like are you a jellical cat and that's why they're like very john and i also both did like a shoulder shrug on that <laughs> are you a jellical you? cat and you could argue that that's what their what their looks are you could argue um, but i also love that they go into the jellical songs jellical cats and every lyric so the lyrics are all questions like, when you fall on your head, do you land on your feet? Familiar with candle, with book, and with bell. And they literally act out every single lyric. Right. Which is like, sure, like film is supposed to be a show us, don't tell us kind of thing. Sure. 
But at the same time, it's literally ev- it's every single lyric. Every the lyric. point, and it's the longest song on earth, maybe. Which is <laughs> it is, but like they weirdly also sh- they didn't they shortened it for the movie, but I guess because nothing happens. Oh, and that's the other thing about cats, guys. Nothing happens. Right. Nothing happens. Nothing truly happens. No, the general gist is that it's a bunch of felines who are like, one of us is gonna get to be reborn in one of our nine lives. Right. And it's going to be two hours of you hanging out with us till we figure out who that is. We're just going to meet the different kinds of mm-hmm. us. And the movie like decides that, okay, only the cats that have a song about themselves are like choosing to be a candidate to, you know, get sure. sacrificed, sure. which like, <laughs> I don't know, I'm getting very frustrated. <laughs> I, like, I have wrote all these questions down. Wait, because um, they decide with McCavity in the film so like McCavity, who's like not a villain in the show really, but is a villain right. and is right. much more of a villain in the movie. He like kidnaps all the cats that are like choosing to be candidates to go to get reborn so he can be reborn. But then like you have to, they, you then ask the question like, why are you choosing to be reborn? Like what is so awful about your current life that you need a new life? Right. So like Rebel Wilson, she's like, I need to get out of this kitchen. And I'm like, oh, is life so terrible being domesticated? And like- right. James Corden, what you want? Yeah, and James Corden's like they don't even explain why he wants to get reborn. And McCavity's like, I need a new life. I'm like, why? Your current one's pretty badass. He got magical powers. Yeah, um, and you're like ripped as hell. Like you're a strong cat. Yeah, you're. And you're to put it bluntly, you are Idris Elba. <laughs> Does this cat not know he's Idris Elba? <laughs> That's, That's I. I That's yeah, I feel. I. I feel like. They should have included you and I, CGI'd us into the movie, and just like gone up to each kind of like, are you aware that you're Idris Elba? Are you aware that you're Taylor Swift? <laughs> like for those two Muppets who are just like, oh! <laughs> in the booth, like, this is crap. That's what I need. I need a cut of Cats where it's the old men from the Muppets just commenting the entire time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, 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 see, now I'm, I, all the questions are popping up. I'm getting very I'm emotional. I'm like, because I, I, literally, John, I have, I wrote it all down. I'm showing it to John right now. Like, all the questions that I have, it's just, like, scrolled on my phone. It gets more questions. I'm, it's, <laughs> just, okay. So, in the show, there's, no one's, like, a candidate. They're all candidates, essentially. Like, right, right. it's not up to them. They don't get to choose. It's just Deuteronomy. Well, Deuteronomy, right. Yeah. But in the movie, they're, like, trying to justify all the decisions and all the songs and all the, all the story points so they're like oh no only the cats that have a song are candidates but then as i said earlier like then you have to justify why their life is so terrible and like none of their lives are that terrible except for clearly grizabella right who is played by oscar winner jennifer hudson who uh, let we forget that she is an oscar winner yes right there what are, are oscar saying? winners nominees in this movie i've also been like ranting for a long time and this is your obsession so like give me your questions what are questions you have so when you asked what like the first moment like obviously every moment is like this is wrong this is bizarre mm-hmm. but when, when jennifer hudson oscar winner not just nominee she won she won know, one yeah she did win she has it in her home somewhere <laughs> she sings a little bit of her song like a little tease of memory oh, i know exactly what you're like, no get out and she's like okay i'm gonna crawl on all fours mm-hmm on her knees, like, cause, but we've established in this world, like we can dance and we can be on our feet and we can be cats and be normal like that. And then she's like, oh, okay. I'll slink away into the shadows on my, 
Fucking hands um, and knees. That's the thing. You said it because it's all about how you like establish the world, I guess. So like, and we'll also, we'll get to the finale as well because that's another like rule breaker they did. Like they established yeah. the world and then all of a sudden Judy Dench addresses the camera for seven right. minutes. Right. But Jennifer Hudson, she comes on screen. She's standing on her own two feet, sings for a solid three minutes on her own two feet. And then she goes, oh, first, first she does like a giant hiss at everybody. Yeah. And God bless her. She commits with like tears she in her eyes. She's giving another Academy Award nominated performance. Or so she thought. And there are some performances on, on film where you can just tell the actor in front of the camera is like, ah, Oscar's going to eat this up. It's like a full <laughs> Jenna Maroney in 30 Rock moment. Where it's like the Oscars love this. And... Yeah. But she, like, as she walks away, she eventually then gets on her hands and knees and crawls. And it's a complete, like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Because, yes, you're cats. But, like, it's, it feels almost like Tom Hooper was making this movie. He goes, well, in real life, cats go on their hands and knees. And in real life, cats slurp milk. It makes me wonder about the cat consultant. Was it just Tom? Or was they, I feel like they hired someone that were like, this is a feline way of movement. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a whole, like, they had a whole week or so of probably pre-pro in a rehearsal space working, just dedicated to being a cat. First, you know yeah. that John's from L.A. when he calls it pre-pro. Thank you. Thank you. So that's pre-production for all of you non- For all of you, actors. please. Um, no, T-Swift T- said, like, they went to cat school, and I'm like, I'm that's- absolutely certain. Yeah, of course. But you, know, you also, like, I don't know, I feel like you know that- Who's the dean of cat school? I want to know. I'll talk to the principal. It's Garfield. Um, Garfield is the dean of cat school. And there isn't any cool for me to shout. There's no doing anything about who I Oh my god. Okay, so we I'm gonna have to we're gonna have to keep going like yes, in order of the yes, film. Uh, so yes, those questions you said. I'm so happy you brought up the J HUD crawling on on her hands and knees. Um, I mentioned everyone's horny. Oh, this is something that bothers me about the two Tom Hooper movie musicals that exist because he also did the Les Mis film for anyone who doesn't know. And the whole thing about the Les Mis film is how it was all sung live and it was all very gritty realism, and that has a double edged sword. This to it that's not the proper way to say that but i said it so um like musicals are not realistic right Right. i'm assuming john you don't go out into the street and sing to strangers wait for me i'm coming they they just they told me not to they told you not to copyright and you know you're not like the lamp in your home right now i'm assuming you're not swinging around in a choreographed fashion true that would be correct so I get mad when they're like, well, it's all very, it's a gritty realism in this musical. I'm like, the fact that they're singing in three-part harmony immediately doesn't make it realistic. You have to heighten everything to match that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like- Double-edged swordness. Yeah, so like them doing like breathy live vocals and cats is, I'm just like, why are you trying to add gritty realism to dancing fucking cats? They're CGI with their ears and like, Mm -hmm. it's just, that, it's, yeah, that's not going to help us come in more. Did you notice this with the sound editing or sound sound mixing? Sorry, pre-pro, sound mixing. Um, where 
in group numbers, whether it's Mr. Mistopheles or Jellicle Cats, everyone's singing. And then the camera will cut to like one cat and their voice will be louder than everyone else's for that one line and then go yeah. away. Yeah. Well, you hear Jason Derulo's like high tenor part. It's counter tenor in like, Mr. Mistopheles. <laughs> Wait, no, please do a little bit of that. Please do it. Yeah. Only just him. You're just like, wait, no one yeah. else is blending. He's above everyone. If it seems like we're all over the place, it's because the movie is. And yeah. it's so sorry. It makes There's two, no through line. No, it makes it makes two eloquent theatrical men. I'm use I'm gonna use plural men there, even though I don't consider myself much of a man. Um <laughs> and turns us into bumbling I don't know what. We're just, um, just exasperated by the fact that this is a real thing. That was a lot of money with massive. Okay, so aside from the stars who are all you know different and from different walks of the entertainment industry, yeah. there are three. If you include Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber, three either sirs or um, dames mm-hmm. that are involved in this. People who have been knighted. Yeah, like the, the number of Oscar winners, Tony winners, knight damehoods, the hundreds of people, John, that had to sign off. On every decision made in this film is what truly astounds me. Yes. Truly. I think they were just, they were probably halfway through and they were like so much million, so many millions in. They were like, I don't know. Like, it's probably going to be bad, but we have to keep going. Yeah. Do, are you familiar with 30 Rock? Yes. Okay, fantastic. Hopefully this reference speaks to you. There's an episode where Jack talks about how it's when GE is like going under and he doesn't know what to do. He's like, he's like, the only way out is to go deeper. He's like, so I will crawl lower to get GE back to where it's supposed to be. And I was like, I wonder if Universal was like looking at the dailies and they went, well, I guess the only way to get out of this is to just commit harder. Keep going. Keep and going. Push harder. Throw more money in it. A lot of like, there was a lot of ads. There were a lot of posters. Like, mm-hmm. they, give, they yeah, we'll commit harder. Give T-Swift a uniboob. Um, <laughs> uh, I literally wrote, as one of my notes, McCavity, I just, I don't. That was literally a note I wrote. I just, I don't. Do you remember what part of the movie that was in? I think it was his beginning. It was like his entrance and just and like talking to Victoria. With his like, like Dick Tracy hat? Yeah. First of all, you like, gay. Your... You gay with your Dick Thank Tracy you. reference. Thank How you. dare you? <laughs> I mean, you and Molly should do a Dick Tracy Halloween. She'd be a good Breathless Mahoney. That's not a bad idea. You're welcome. Oh, thank you. Just tag me on Instagram when you do it. Um, oh, I also wrote in caps, exposition, dialogue, no place in this damn show. So like all the, ex- so there were, okay. <laughs> That's the other thing. The stage show has so much music. It's wall to wall music, right? Yeah, yeah. The movie, like if you're going to have dialogue, don't give me silence after, like behind it. You need to give me right. music because it right. just highlights how, what, how much more ridiculous everything is. Right. When it's like, like they're doing Jellicle Cats and then it cuts away. And as you said, everybody runs away. And then it's like, there's just silence. Quiet. And Idris Elba just comes out. He goes, they say McCavity is uh, very dangerous. <laughs> what? Really flawless Idris Elba, actually. Thank you. Well, I didn't feel super comfortable trying to imitate him. So I figured I would go as bad as I could. But I feel like, I feel like he's like, I know this is weird. He's like, I know this is not my, this is not going to be a highlight of my career. No. So he kind of overdoes it. Like, especially when he's like, it's me at the end. And he's like, pick mm-hmm. me. And he's puffing his chest. Like, 
that is so over the top musical theater, like of the the likes of which we haven't seen in this whole sh- movie. Yeah. Everyone, like I said before, everyone's investing so hard, mm-hmm. not like in a, in a musical theater way, like of like a projecting in, in that moment, which I guess you could argue that he is projecting a lot because he's trying to be chosen. Yeah. But there's a, there's a twinkle in his eye. He's like, this is, I'm he's doing like, a lot. He's like, I'm not so sure about the result of this film. So <laughs> I'm going to make it memorable. That's sort of, yeah, that's sort of like mini driver in the Phantom film. Have you seen the Phantom film? I haven't, but I have okay. seen Phantom on Broadway. Which is beautiful. Um, The movie, Mini Driver, is like very clearly knowing what this movie is going to look like. And so she just camps the fuck out of it. Yeah. Like she knows gays are going to imitate her performance for years to come. Signora, these things do happen. For the past three years, these things do happen. I didn't stop these things from happening. This thing does not happen. Why are the mice children, John? Why do you think that is? Why are the, when the mice started dancing and then the cockroaches, I know that's part of the show. I know that's part of the thing. <laughs> sort of, yeah. We're talking about the Gumby Cat song, Rebel Wilson song, where she's a domesticated cat. Sorry, to give context to what we're talking about. But no, but hey, also Rebel Wilson shtick is, is her thing and it's, it's working for her. I did not need it in this movie. Like all of her comedic asides mm-hmm. after her songs, you know, and she, they were just like, you know, I'd say that, insert cat pun here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just like all these cat puns. that Quit were, milking it. She says, quit milking it. <laughs> if we could just have like, as a part of this, you know, in the, in the comment section or something, just all of her one-liners, just so we can all be on the same page. Cause you know, like they were just like, just riff on it. And she was like, all right, I'll just yeah. do my thing. Do my Rebel Wilson thing. And like, it was funny, but it was also like, I don't need this anymore. But yes, why are they children? Um, because Tom Hoover would thought, wouldn't this be cute? Wouldn't it be cute? It's, I think that's the only thought. I guess, except, okay, going back to like the realism thing. Do you, when you watched this, did you notice that like any time the cats interacted with the mice, so, well, and I use the word interacted loosely, because the cats did not ever really acknowledge the mice or that the mice right. had feelings or, or thoughts or could speak. They right. just like use them as props, which is, you know, right. what cats do with mice. But anytime they did, you would hear like the mouse child, like plead for its life, falling off of Mistopoli, saying ow and like running right. away. Like right. it, it just makes it all the more terrifying. Like Rum Tum Tugger is, also you're getting a lot of emails. Um, I know, I'm so sorry. You should be. Now, just in case, in case that sound effect pops up in, right. in the audio, I want everyone to know John's popular. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> like Rum Tum Tugger, Jason Derulo like picks up a mouse as he's singing, but Tom Hooper had like the brilliant idea in post to have like the child, um, and John knows what I mean by post, right? Yes. Great, you know about post. I'm great. from LA. <laughs> You're from LA, you know all about post. Uh, to like have the child mouse be like, no, please don't do it. And then like Rumpton Tugger throws him away again, like a prop. And then all of a sudden you just hear like, thanks Tugger. And he runs away. <laughs> and then Mustafa. You know that, yeah, it was ADR, which yeah. is another term. Another term. Um, th- and these kids came in they were like, what do you want for us today, Tom? And he's like, I want you to say thanks Tugger. And then yeah. he's like, thanks. And then they put it in the video, in the movie. And nah. just like, it's it, 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 like- not well done. Yes, another Oscar for Tom Hooper. And in Mistopheles' number, when he t- picks up his hat 
and there are mice under it, under it, it's supposed to be like a big magic trick. Right. Do you remember, do you remember this? Yes, yes. Yes. So, okay. But don't, stop yelling at me. I don't remember. I don't, I don't, you are, you are yelling. Um, the mice fall, like one of the mice falls off his head and hits right. his shoulder. Like the, like the person who jumps off the Titanic and hits the propeller on the way down. Yeah, this this exactly. mouse fall, jumps off of himself with his head, hits his shoulder, and hits the ground. And it's not enough that all happens, but in ADR, that child is like, ah, ow, ah, ow, run away! Like, s- literally does that, says all that shit. And it's like, while, but it's while the song is also happening. So right. I feel like Tom Hooper was like, oh, wouldn't this be a fun Easter egg if anybody, like, heard it? And it's like, no, it's loud enough to hear why right and like wait are we supposed to follow that or wait, oh wait the song's still happening is am i missing anything that no. was the other thing i was trying to listen so intently to the lyrics to be like am i missing anything and the answer is an unequivocal no no In every song no you know who would not have approved of all that adr just so that way we knew where to pay attention to rachel chafkin exactly she'd like she'd be like this is mistopheles song we don't need any background noise a master of of focus yes <laughs> that you. is i'm laughing but it's actually true i'm laughing i'm just laughing thinking about the mice that's i'm gonna i'm gonna start saying that to people when they do like favors for me thanks, i'm like yeah sure i'll do that i'll go thanks taga. and people will be like can you stop doing that oh i'm gonna lose all my friends uh oh i'm not against movie musicals not having a button on songs because it adds into like the flow of going from song to scene. So like, I actually do like at the end of the opening number when they're all like Jellicle songs and Jellicle cats, Jellicle, you know what I'm talking about? And Victoria, she's like joining in at the end. And then she does like the last line acapella. And like, so, but again, as you said, like, why are all the cats running away? So like story-wise I was questioning it, but I did like, I did like filmic wise that that song had no button because it could like bleed into the next scene. And there were other things that did that. However, they would then have like silence for 10 seconds. So I'm like, it might as well be a button. Right. Just put it in there, especially after Jason Derulo's song, which is so fun. Mm-hmm. It's so upbeat. And then it's like over and you're like, silence. Silence. And you just feel uncomfortable. You're like, do I clap? Mm-hmm. I was out on my couch like, do I? I don't know. <laughs> Who is this for? That, okay, you answer. You asked the ultimate question of today's episode. Who is this for? <laughs> Say that again for me, please, John. Who is this for? Thank you. And this has been addressed in other, in probably countless articles and other media. But like, who is the milk bar for? Is it for humans, or is it for the cats? Well, I ask you this as well. What if this is a human world, which we are made to believe as we see part of a human and all the mm-hmm. things are supposed to be like to scale of human, st- uh, human right. stuff. Why is everything a cat pun? Absolutely everything. everything. Also, why are the humans searching for McCavity? Because McCavity has wanted posters all over. Right. And you know what? This is, this is me trying to think too, too heavy, but I thought the heavy side layer was like you getting people think it's cool but the heavy side layer is actually you get brought to a pound or something because the wanted posters i thought were like we're gonna get them and take them to the pound or wherever and get euthanized i was like that's the heavy side layer 
I thought that would be a brilliant twist, but no, it's you just ascend to the heavens in a balloon. That's the he- what? I am. I am. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> that idea actually took all the wind out of me. I'm obsessed with that idea. I actually, if I ever like were to go to grad school for directing or something like that, I have an idea for the most like high concept production of Cats ever, which is that it's simply an insane asylum. Like one flew over the cuckoo's nest insane asylum. None of them are cats. They're all just patients who are obsessed with cats. Cats all over the walls. McCavity yeah. is like Nurse Ratchet who comes and like give them their tranquilizer pills. Yes. And then the heavy side layer is just that they like legitimately kill Grizabella. They like hang her from the ceiling. And then the rest of the show is just like they have to sing this final song that Judy Dench sings in the movie. Like they have to sing to the audience while Grizabella is just like swinging. <laughs> just swinging. Um, it's dark. Yeah. I mean, but, but it, it makes about as much sense as an. What? It might make more sense. I would say it makes as much sense as a milk bar for humans. Sure. It, it does. Well, I guess, did milk bars actually exist? Do those exist? And also, what time period? That's a wonderful question as well. I'm Because ass- the, the neon feels, could be contemporary, but neon's been around since, I don't know, yeah. the 20s? I don't know. No, I'm, I'm assuming it's like the 1930s. 30s? Okay, that would check out too because the car the car and also I'm gonna say i mean i'm gay but i was like from the shoe of the woman no. <laughs> i'm assuming this is the 30s um the car the shoe and like sure the, like, poster art of the mm-hmm. west end it's i'm like this is not this is not 1910 and they also talk about queen victoria a lot but mm, that's true yeah so i mean <laughs> truly john I don't. Why? Why ask the question? Why ask the question when you can simply be befuddled? Um, Look at Dame Judi Dench's coat. And we made of fur. Hands. We have to talk about her hands. How they're just pure human hands? Pure human hands with mm-hmm. like rings. Yeah. Full-blown um, rings. Full-blown rings on her hand where, where everyone else has CGI fur up until their fingers. Yeah. And then yeah, her coat made of fur. But also her performance is stunning. I mean, she's Judy Dench. Judy Dench. She can't really do any wrong. Judy Dench could literally read an autopsy result to me, and I'm like, award, <laughs> awards. Give it to her. Give it yeah. to. Give them all to her. But yeah, no, that's like that's the other thing about logic in this film, and it's not. I would never ask anyone to put logic to cats, except that this film tries to bring logic to it, and right. thus opens a whole wormhole of questions. Yes. Why does Judy Dench have a coat made of fur? Why does right. McCavity have a coat made of fur? Or Rum Tum right. Tugger? Why does Rebel Wilson s- zip off her skin to reveal new skin? Oh. oh, God, I forgot about that part. Oh, how could you forget? That has haunted it, my dreams. It's haunting, yeah, because it's like, it's a nightmare. I don't want to think about it. It's all of a sudden became Silence of the Lambs. Also, like, there were so many, there was clearly, obviously, a lot of ideas. And they try to make them all work, but, and this is, I would try to justify it, like, each cat has a different dance style, like, why, why are they twins doing their hip-hop thing? And I was like, you're not setting up the world where everyone has a different dance style for mm-hmm. different cats. It's all ballet or, like, jazz contemporary, mm-hmm. ballet, jazz contemporary, and then there's just these two that do hip-hop because they, they're lay twins. You have a lot of opinions about dance for someone who almost didn't get through the dance call at Hadestown, I'm assuming. Well, I went to a college that has a dance program, so I was well-versed in- Yes. No, I, I agree with you. I have, um, do you know Emily Maltby? Yes. 
Okay, because Molly no, knows her. No, Molly no, 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 I know Charlotte yeah. Molly. Sorry. Charlotte Molly, yes. Emily is Charlotte's sister. Emily just choreographed Evita at City Center. Oh, cool. Wow. And she, she came on the pod and we talked about that. We talked about dance and like how it expresses character and feeling and plot mm. and yada, yada. And you really kind of have to establish the vocabulary in your show. Like, does everyone speak the same dance language? Do, right. do some people maybe like have uh, a characteristic... Tw- quirk about it this film is just like literally whatever in the moment literally whatever that should have been the tagline cats literally whatever (laughs) cats literally whatever that could be another tagline for this episode because like you've got victoria doing like full-on royal ballet and then right after her are those twins who do like pop and lock and break dancing and it's it's not fluid it's just so disjointed yeah 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 i mean as someone who has danced on Broadway on a three-part turntable. What, how, how does dance affect Hades Town in your in your eyes? My, you my favorite thing about dance in Hades Town is that it is all motivated by intention, mm-hmm. and the dance it like the most of it I would just call movement. Like when we're underground, we're not dancing. We're it's this movement that is supposed to be uh, physical labor. So like that is, it is dance because it is to counts, but it's, it, I mean, very clearly sometimes we're indicating like we're, we're breaking rocks, we're, mm-hmm. we're pulling a rope, like it's very clear what that is. And sometimes it's a little more like we're doing these kind of things that look like we're maybe measuring something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all linked to like a, an action and, and furthering the plot of like what, what is going on in Town. But then the, the like most dancey part is living it up on top. And that is pure celebratory dance and it's made and it's made to look like it's just an improv dance break mm-hmm. yes it's a dance break in the traditional sense and there's eight bars of this and you know it, it kind of grows from just one person dancing to three people dancing to five people dancing because it's like like anything like the dance floor starts and then it starts to grow and um it's all thought out in a way that it feels communal you yes. know, it's not just like, and now we dance because it's Broadway. Mm-hmm. It's like we're celebrating that the wine is here and we're celebrating life and, um, and you know, spring is returning. So it's like, it's half um, like tribal rain dance and half just celebratory, um, you know, reunion. Yeah. yeah. It's, all, it's all grounded in, in storytelling and in like, not, I, want, I don't want to say reality, but it's grounded in... The, the character's world. reality. Yes, the character's reality, exactly. Yes. And Cats does not do that, which like... Okay, sorry. So I need to also say, first of all, so many things that you and I just like tangented about in the first 15 minutes that made no sense, I realized like are all in my notes. So, like I literally have in caps so much silence. Um, I had, I have the cat puns, dot, 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 Jesus. <laughs> um, I also said, I said, one of the female cats totally slays. And I know who I'm talking about, but I don't know who she plays. Right, no, there's these two female cats who are like, who are the kind of counterparts to Monkestrap and Rum Tum Tucker. Yeah, I guess. Or like Mistopheles. They don't really get really named, but they're just like, sup, girl. That is fierce. That is their... Mo- motive, I guess. <laughs> They're subconscious. I don't know what's what's the one I'm looking for. Uh, 
I don't know. Like it's like their character statement every time they're on screen. Like they don't oh, say sure. it, but it's it's an, it's their subtext. All the, it's their subtext. Sure, sure subtext. Yeah. yeah. Those 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 girl. those two girl cats. They come on like, hey girl. Mm. Yeah. 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 They're like we're a little judgy. Little judgy, but it's the it's like the cat got your tongue, girls. <laughs> that's who they, that's who they are. What's yeah, your name? Oh my god! So much the Jesus cat puns. Um, wait. Um, oh. <laughs> Every time McCavity uses his powers to make someone disappear, he does meow. Yes. Because he's a cat. Unless you forget. Unless you forget he's a cat. But he does. I'm pretty sure it's not even a meow with an M. I'm pretty sure it's a meow with an N. Because Idris Elba is like, listen, I'm an actor and I need to do the choice, choice. my choice, the one you don't expect. Unexpected choice. (laughs) because people are coming to see cats and I'm going to give them one more, one more, <laughs> something a little extra. I really do wish this was a visual pod because I need our listeners to see every time you just leave me speechless. Like <laughs> I'm not just like sitting here judging, like I'm actually crying laughing because you've rendered me speechless. It's, <laughs> it's quite a thing. Um, so I have everyone just comes C-U-M-S at the end of the Jellicle ball. Um, <laughs> Well, is that after the catnip? No, it's before the catnip. Yeah, okay. The cat, the catnip is round two, um, right. which I, I have questions about that as well. We'll get to her. That's um, not a show, right? That's not in the stage show, is it? The catnip bit? No. McCavity is, so the two, the two hey girl cats mm-hmm. are the ones that usually say McCavity in the show. Oh, no. Okay. It's not yeah. like his, yeah. McCavity like doesn't. She's not this like ballroom queen. Yeah. They're just, yeah, she, it's, it, I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> My brain is turned to scrambled eggs. Um, the Jellica Ball is when they all just dance for like seven minutes in the, sure. in the theater. And okay. Judy Dench just sits there. She's like, go for it. Do you remember what I'm talking is about? Somebody always a woman? No, right? No, it's usually a man. It's a man, right. That's what I thought. It's, in the past, it's usually played by a big black man. So now in the film, it's played by an old white lady. British woman. In true okay. Hollywood fashion. They take the part for the old black man and turn into the old white lady. Oof. But at least it's Judy Dench. But at, least, at the very least. Yes. But no, the Jellicle Ball is literally when they all just dance for seven minutes. Okay. Okay. And it I'm ends sure. and there's pure silence and they all just go. <sighs> <laughs> they, so is Jellicle Ball an orgy? Kind of. Yeah. I, I know some people who did the show on, on Broadway and they were like, yeah, it's kind of an orgy. Because um, the show is sexual, too. Like, oh. they're all horny cats in the show as well. They're very horny. You can yes. tell. But the show, it's, it's, again, it's more subtext. Like, the cast knows that it's an orgy, but they don't really play it as an orgy. They play it right. as a dance. Right. Um, the, yeah, the movie, Tom Hooper takes that subtext, and he brings it right to the forefront. He's like, you're all going to come. Yeah, everyone's going to come except the <laughs> audience. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to try and get them to come. Can we is, talk about, as a place, the ship where they all go? The, yeah, all the like, shippy barge on the Thames. Who is, who is that guy? Who is the guy who's like, I'll look after them, McCavity? He's like this, who they make walk the plank at the end? Who is he? Is he in the movie? I mean, in the show? So, okay, you're not, okay. I, I'm about to be very embarrassed about how well I know the show. So, <laughs> sh- like, just shut up with your judgment right now um, that you're about to have. Um in the show, so the way that the show usually works is that the intermission happens after the first memory. 
the one where in the movie it's Jay hud on the street like probably drunk doing her i dream to dream cut we're like it's not down the nose cameras up her nostrils um and then after that uh it's end of act one and then act two begins with the it actually begins with the song judy dench sings in the windowsill which mm-hmm. I don't even know what it's how it goes. It's just mm-hmm. I I blank out every time that song happens. Sure. Then Gus happens. Okay. And Gus, Gus the, the original show Gus does like a flashback. Sorry, does a flashback musical number called Growl Tiger's Last Stand, and okay. it's a full ten to fifteen minute operetta. Just right. Like, like separate from the show. Then they come back and he's like, "Well, that's what I used to do in my youth anyway." <laughs> like fifteen minutes later. Okay. Um, but the name of the character is Growl Tiger. And so in the sh- movie, they cut the operetta, but they kept the name and they made McCavity's cohort named Growl Tiger. So no, that character is not in the show, but the name is. Did I just blow your mind with my in-depth <laughs> knowledge? I don't know why, why? I also, I need to look up the Gus the Theater Cat lyrics because he says, here it is. He says this thing like a million times um, when I was, when, but his greatest creation as he loves to tell was fire for fiddle, the fiend of the fell. I think that's the title of his like big hit. I think. Right. Right. Which is, which I get, but in the, in the song and while watching it, I, I would tune in every time he would say that and be like, what is he saying? And it, it really is, nonsense fire for fiddle but in with his his british accent says powerful fiddle the friend of the bell like what well like it's pretty important and it, i can't understand it every single time yeah well his accent definitely like does all that i'm also convinced he was a little drunk on set um yes. and he, he was he was in on it he had the twinkle in his eye like we mm-hmm. all know when he walks into the theater and he literally just goes meow 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 like the thing about like, the his greetings, mm-hmm. his touch, yeah. his cross paws. The thing is, like about all the meows, like no one really does them except for Ian McKellen and Idris Elba with that meow. So like, right. it's crazy when people are just like normal on or normal, but you know, just act like people, and then all yeah. of a sudden Ian McKellen just comes on. And he's like meow 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 meow. Like it's <laughs> it's it reminds. Yeah, he's, it's like, what, I don't, if it were consistent throughout the movie, maybe, I don't know. But this movie has no consistency. Um, Beautiful Ghosts. I've now listened to this song five times. I do not know what it means. Was this written for the, sh- for the movie? Yes, by T-Swift. Trying to get the, no. Mm-hmm. T-Swift wrote the lyrics and Angela Weber wrote the music. Oscar. They were trying to get that Oscar nom. Oh my God. Best OG song. Yeah. It's. A tragedy. <laughs> did, did, did you steal that or did you make that up? I wish that I'd made it up. It's from, I don't remember what it's from. This is it. Oh, no, it's from um, SNL. She's like, it's a, it's, she's that, the girl that you don't want to meet at a party. Cecily oh. Schmidt's character. It's like, yeah. it's awful. It's a tragedy. That um, is brilliant. It's a great word. I give you credit for bringing that to my attention. Yeah. Uh, that is, it's a tragedy. Ah, that's the yeah. one good thing that's come out of today. Like is that word? Majestic. It's majestic in its tragedy. <laughs> exactly. That is, it, it. That is exactly what it means. It's, I. So I think, I wrote it down. I was like, I don't know what this song means. I'm gonna take no. a crack at it. It's, okay. so it comes after memory and yep. Victoria, 
are like into the world. I think it means I'm sorry your life sucks now, but you once had good stuff, so yay. <laughs> in a, in a one sentence, yeah. In, to describe it in one sentence, that works. Yeah, but like, um, I feel like it's all like it's terrible when to tell someone when they're down. Hey, remember the good stuff you used to do, and now right. you're in a gutter. Like, fuck you, fuck you, Victoria. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, at least you had, you have things to look back on. Yeah. Because I, my only memory is a, is a burlap sack. <laughs> Essentially, is what she's saying, right? So, yeah. we, so then are we supposed to believe that Victoria is a kitten? I think so. Or cats? But she's also a full-grown woman and clearly the same age as all the mm-hmm. other cats. Yeah, she's like fully developed. May, okay, ooh, ooh, maybe that's the backstory for Victoria. Okay, wait, theory here. Okay. is a kitten. Like okay. the woman who threw Victoria out has a cat. That right. cat got super slutty and had a baby. The owner was like, I do want, like, I don't do no babies. It's like, right. it's one cat and this, we are a one cat household. We're a one cat household. <laughs> and it's the 1930s. So like, fuck political, political, political correctness and like pounds and shelters. So she's like, easiest thing to do. Tie this kitten up in a sack and throw it away. Right. Yeah. And maybe that's what that is. Maybe that's Victoria's backstory. Hey, so all she has is a memory. It's like she was born, thrown in a sack, and thrown into the alley. That's mm-hmm. it. But then if I, were, if I were Jennifer Hudson, I would have turned back around, strolled up to that little bitch, and been like, excuse you. <laughs> Literally every look she has in the show, in the show, in the movie, is just, please help. Like just, so, even when she's like, even when they're starting to take her in, she's like, is this real? Jennifer Hudson, like, you mean? Yes. Yeah. There's never a moment of like, it's, it's just very one note. She is the one cat though that isn't horny in this movie. So there's that. Because she's had her, her days of horniness have passed her. Yes. Her days in the sun as, as are the lyric. Right. Even right. Judy Dench gets like her little horny leg. The leg. The Dude, leg okay, lift. That's her leg. I think that it is. I think so. Yeah. Beautiful extension. Yeah, I mean, it's not completely straight, but she's like 80-something, so she's allowed. Oh, we'll give it to her. She, well, I mean, even if she lifted it like like 45 degrees, I would have been cool with it. I think that could be the other tagline for cats. Cats, we'll give it to her. We'll give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give her a pat. Um, I have um, catnip makes all the cats hornier than they already are, question mark. Right, like, right. Yeah, so. Like, destructively horny. They were just like. Yes, really just cool. like you, crazy, crazy in locked up in quarantine, horny. Um, Ooh, boy, <laughs> which you I mean, you're married. You don't know what the struggles like. I can't. Yeah, I'm so sorry. So yes, thank you. You you are literally Victoria telling Grizabella, "I'm so sorry for you." At least you have beautiful ghosts of your hookups past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to punch you so bad. And then Taylor Swift comes down flying on a moon in kitten heels. Again with the puns. She's in sparkly kitten heels, catnip, making everybody horny. But like, I don't know exactly what the purpose then of the song is. It's just to announce that McCavity's there and he's the only contestant. Well, so yeah, what I read in the synopsis on Wikipedia was that she comes to distract everyone so that everyone's so horny and so like spazzed out from the catnip that they can't, they're powerless to like make McCavity like get rid of them, essentially. 
What synopsis did you read? It was, it was the summary, the plot summary on Wikipedia page for Cats the movie. And it literally says, makes everyone so horny? Becomes, well, it doesn't say so horny. That's, that's from our speculation. Um, I would have been so pleased if it had said that literally. Oh my God, I wish. Uh, here, I'm just going to look for the exact line. The ball is interrupted by femme fatale bomb ballerina who performs a song and dance number, uh, a song and dance number <laughs> dedicated to McCavity, a distraction to incapacitate the party with catnip. McCavity arrives demanding to be made the jellical choice. Okay. I preferred your version. Incapacitate. Yeah, I've preferred your version. But she incapacitates them with horniness. Indeed she do. Haven't and you ever been incapacitated with horniness? You're like, I'm too horny to function. John, what did we just talk about with quarantine? <laughs> I f- that is really mean of you to say. That is like, ah, uh, right. god damn. Wow. Frank. But spoiler alert, guys, McCavity does not get to be the jellical choice. Then makes, then makes Deuteronomy disappear, but then somehow Mistopheles makes Deuteronomy come back. Right, with his magic. Yeah, but like, doesn't bring back the rest of the cats from the barge, because I guess they didn't realize those cats disappeared. Right, I guess so, because McCavity was so sneaky. <laughs> Again, I wish this were visual, because your face when you said sneaky made me giggle. Um, yeah, but then like at the end of the movie, they show up at the end in like Kensington Square, and all the cats are like, there you are. And I'm like, you weren't too worried about them when you were fucking at the Jellicoe Ball. No one was, <laughs> nobody stopped in the middle of the Jellicoe Ball to go, anyone like, see Rebel Wilson? She usually pegs me by now. <laughs> With her cat strap on. With her cat oh my strap God. on. I need to emphasize once again. So if it's, okay. I don't want to paint John as a hater for all of you who love him from his career and whatnot. You know me as a hater. We've tried to be balanced, but you also have to remember with this movie, hundreds and hundreds of people had to sign off on every single choice that was made. This had to get approved by so many people, people with very high pedigrees, and they all got paid for it. Everyone was compensated. So like, like we are allowed to critique some of these choices. In a weird way, it feels like we're beating a dead horse, but I'm really glad that we're getting this out because I haven't fully been able to talk about this with anyone. Also, quick note, I had a thought during the movie, like, who was the CGI guy who was like, okay, the ear should go now, and then it should twitch now, and then we're just, let's do a couple more ear twitches here, just randomly. Who went through the whole movie was like, okay, twitch now, and Mm. now. That one I actually do wonder. I wonder if, like, Tom Hooper said, I want them to twitch every 17 and a half seconds. And so, the, and the CGI people were just like working so around the clock that it got to this, every time it got to 17 and a half seconds, they were like, well, it doesn't really work here, but Hooper said so. So yeah, okay, they twitch. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, I was so distracted by it sometimes. I was like, oh, right, they're cats. Ears. Yeah. yeah, again, the realism of it all. It's like, it's just, or not, not even realism because it's not realistic, but just like their commitment to getting things realistic in a way it's what adds to the weirdness of it all oh wait oh wait wait, okay so you know how we talked about at the end of the show on broadway that claw came out through the ceiling yeah okay so the plot of cats is essentially they all like figure out which one of us is going to get killed tonight Mm -hmm. um the only thing that kind of makes it not creepy in the show is that when it happens when they go to the heavy side layer like a tire levitates 
tires don't levitate. So right. you know that like magic is happening. Right. And then, like a giant claw comes out of the sky to like receive Grizabella. So you're like, oh, this isn't all in their heads. Like this is a thing. Cats the movie, the first time I saw it, I didn't notice it, but there are cat eyes in the clouds. Huh? When the movie opens and then when it ends and Grizabella goes out into the sky, like there's a brief moment where, like cat eyes like flash. It's what? No, it's, and it's very subtle because I didn't see it at first, but it's, it's still too subtle because okay. the thing is that in the movie, Grizabella goes to the heavy side layer in a hot air balloon. Sure. Now, I'm not a scientist. I did not go to school for science, but I'm pretty sure hot air balloons normally fly without magic. Yes? Yes. That is how they work. Um, so it's not like a magical thing. Like it, they are literally setting up a hot air balloon to take her up into the sky. And then right. she goes into clouds and there's nothing there to like receive her magically. So right. it she literally just looks gone. like they set her off to die. Right. They're like, yeah. Good luck. Right. I would have loved it if there was an extra shot <sighs> at the end when Judy Dench is like, you really are a jellical cat and like goes away. And then they cut to Grizabella in the hot air balloon, like, at the bottom of the ocean, dead. And there are hundreds of cat skeletons in hot yeah. air balloons, just dead. Post credits, like, this is it. This is the heavy side layer. Like, what happens? This is what, this is what they did. Balloon runs up air and crashes into the ocean. 100%. Cats drown. That's, it's, cats is actually the sequel to All Dogs Go to Heaven, and it's All Cats Drown. <laughs> All cats go to the bottom of the ocean. All cats go to the bottom of the Atlantic. That is exactly what it is. So we've come to the end of the of the movie, which means we should come to the end of the episode. Um, what are your final thoughts now that we've let out all this energy in your brain from cats? Thank you. Uh, well, yes, thank you for helping me exactly exercise these demons. Because at the end of the day, I still enjoyed the experience because sure. there's something so fascinating about something so massive and something so expensive and with all this star power and all this star quality and all this hype and it seems like yes like on paper this should could have been really great mm -hmm. um and like how things go wrong you know so it is like a case study of like how things with all the best intentions and like objectively very smart creative people can go awry mm -hmm. um so i enjoyed like the attempts and I enjoyed the commitment by the actors. Um, and I was intrigued. I was so, it was like watching a car crash. It's like, how, how is it going to get better? How, and also how could it get worse? Oh my God, it just did. You know, it just keeps out doing itself in the worst way. Is there and, anything that's given you now that you've, now that you're done with it, like anything you're going to take away from it forever? Hmm. I'm going to take away that no matter how like important I think I am, even if I become, which would never happen, a dame or a knight, definitely won't become a dame. Well, you know, the jury's not out yet. But if, <laughs> if I became a knight and I'm like the, one of the greatest actors of my generation, I could still be in Cats. You know, I could still mm -hmm. be in a, something like that. So it's like, it kind of helped me take myself a little less seriously. You know, it's like, we're all just actors, all those of us who are actors. And it's like, yes, it's a noble, there's nobility to it in sometimes a very literal sense, but it's, all, mm -hmm. it's also like, sometimes you're a cat, you know, so and you like, you meow and you drink milk from a saucer and you lick your paw and that's okay, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, 
I'm loving everything you're saying. Uh, John, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at, at John A. Kraus. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some YouTube stuff. You can just type in John Kraus. Um, I'm working now in quarantine. I'm, I want to do more videos and mm. uh, I also write music and I'm trying to get like a, an EP together. So look out for that. But for now, Instagram is the best place to like Perfect. follow. Me. Yes. Um, John, we close out every episode with a diva, with a Broadway diva. And as our guest, you get to choose the Broadway diva today. Okay. I have the list here. It's very okay. long, so I'm not going to go through it all. But if you want to give me a couple of options, I'll let you know if we've done any of them. Okay, well, this is someone who I think you could call her a diva now, but she's young. And she, I feel like she's on track to like be one of our great divas in the future, which I think is always important. Um, God damn it, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, fucking popular. Um, um, no, it's all bullshit. But um, Jessica Vosk. Oh, wait. Do, did we do her? Um, I don't think we have. Because I think, because I've always thought, like, who's going to be, like, our, you know, our Bernadette, or who's going to mm-hmm. be our Patty, you know, or whatever, or our, yeah. our Audra. It's, like, these people are, like, into a certain degree, like, um, like, Sutton Foster, I guess, could be considered a diva. She doesn't have, like, the diva mentality, I don't think, sure. but, but... But, like, musical theater star, yeah. Totally, but... Jess has that, has that kind of bravura and that, just that chutzpah that makes a great Broadway diva. Yeah. She's an, she is an alien, which is what I think the best Broadway stars are. Um, So make some stars. That is a fantastic choice. Thank you. Right right out the gate, picked a good one. So guys, thank you for listening. This is Broadway Breakdown. I am Matt Koplick. He is John Krause. Have, take care of your beautiful ghosts, guys. And here's Jessica Voss. Take, Take us away, Jessica. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.